It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Just how far can the San Diego Padres go? Brittany Griner's sentence was a necessary next step into getting her home. And the Rams got some concerning news about their most important player. I'm Kainani Stevens in for Peter Bukowski. So I used to think the Yankees were the most loaded team in baseball to the point where it was unfair. But now the Padres have clearly entered the conversation, had to check in with Locked On Padres. Javier Reyes, I'm sure he's having a great 48 hours or so since that trade deadline went final. And he's got this new look team to look at. So what has it been like to see some of these new faces for your team? Look, man, it's it's been fantastic, right? Like it's been great. And it's it's a true remake, I think, of the whole team. While it is Juan Soto that is the prized golden egg possession, right? That's what everyone's gonna be talking about for good reason. It's also the fact that there's no more Eric Hosmer, who's was a very much maligned uh, character for San Diego Padres fans. And on top of that, you also get Josh Bell, you get Josh Hader, and you get Brandon Drury. So it's like there's a real like giant remaking of the lineup going on right now. So it feels like almost a new team. And I think that's why you saw so many fans so excited in Soto's uh, first game, even though it's the bottom of the first inning in a game in August, it's pretty nuts seeing people standing up for that. And not to mention you get Tatis. It's pretty cool. And I know it's early on, obviously for them, but what is the playoff potential look for them? Cause if they can get all of these new players into the mix and kind of settle, they have a couple months before postseason starts. What's the, what's kind of the ceiling for them in your eyes? I think it's as far as possible. I think that they can go to the World Series for sure. I think there are some teams that I'd fear. Everyone talks about the Dodgers, obviously. I think the Mets with that DeGrom-Scherzer combo is going to be giving people nightmares potentially. But, hey, we've seen how baseball unfolds. As long as you can make it into the postseason and you have like somewhat of a decent rotation, which I think is the big thing with the Padres here, where, yes, they've acquired and boosted the offense and the bullpen, but also they've got a really nice, solid set of starting pitchers with Blake Snell performing really well, third best strikeout rate in the majors among all qualified starters over the last month. He's starting to figure things out. And then of course you've got Musgrove and then you've got Mike Clevenger and then you've got you Darvish. So they feel very complete. And usually when you're complete, that's not a guarantee you'll win the World Series. This isn't like the NBA where the super teams, as long as they stay healthy, they just win it, right? But it means that you're going to be in contention. It's kind of weird to talk, you know, you got World Series in the conversation here because I just want to kind of juxtapose it to what was your thought process for their ceiling maybe in spring training? In spring training, I thought that their their kind of contention, they could be a wild card team. And I thought that that was kind of it. Maybe they can make some noise that can be a little fun. But I did wonder, you know, without Tatis, I said wonder very weirdly just now. Uh, I thought that without Tatis and without a lot of firepower and players on this offense with Trent Grisham regressing so much from what he was in 2020 and, you know, some other players like, you know, Jake Cronenworth hasn't had the best year at the plate offensively. I didn't know if they have enough firepower and it felt like they were being carried by uh like they were a little bit like the angels almost right or it's like more of a top heavy team but with all these acquisitions and just seeing players play better as the season has gone along has what's made them feel like a world series contender right with the acquisitions at the deadline with the fact that 
you know, even Hassan Kim, he's played at least an average bat, and then he has really good defense. So the team has depth. And again, it's I don't even know where to keep continuing, to be honest with you. It's just so much fun talking about this team. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely changed a little bit. But I always thought that the team was at least solid. And you saw that without the additions before they even got them. They were above 500 teams. So. A lot of new additions. Obviously, Juan Soto is the big name everybody's nationally talking about. He's got two years left on that deal um, also this season as well. But where does the team kind of set on trying to get him signed long term? Is he going to wait? kind of wait this out or does the success of this team kind of might help them or hurt them? I think that the success of the team with, first of all, with Tatis, it's just kind of like, you you do wonder when he comes back, like he did have an injury on the shoulder last year and then he had the motorcycle accident. So I think that's one kind of thing for people to, to keep an eye on, right, uh, is that with that shoulder injury that kept him out a lot of last year, that's not necessarily something that's going to be amended once he comes back and um, from the IL, right? So it could be a thing that is distracting to the team or at least to fans where they're just wondering, is this guy just a ticking time bomb where we're wondering if he's going to get hurt, which early on in his career has unfortunately been the case. Although I do think it's a little bit too early to be calling this guy the next, you know, Troy Tulowitzki or anything, but that's what people have to be wondering. They have to be wondering if you Darvish can hold up. He is up there in age, but even still uh, every team's got questions, man. You know what I mean? (laughs) Stay up to date on the San Diego Padres by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on Padres podcasts on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Brittany Griner's sentence was passed down. Now what's next? Here's what to look for on BetOnline, your number one spot for your gambling needs. There's three games to watch out for on Friday's MLB slate. The Washington Nationals are on the road against the Philadelphia Phillies. BetOnline likes the Phillies to win with their money line at minus 195. Pittsburgh Pirates are coming off a walk-off win, and they travel to Baltimore. They BetOnline has the Orioles as the favorites, though, at minus 156 to win. And the Atlanta Braves and New York Mets meet at City Field for the start of a weekend series. BetOnline likes the Mets to win at minus 129. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has chosen former New Jersey Attorney General Peter C. Harvey to hear the appeal of the six-game suspension for Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. The NFL is seeking a tougher penalty under the league's personal conduct policy in the wake of disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson's ruling on Monday. Under the collective bargaining agreement, Goodell had the option to consider the appeal himself or to appoint a designee. The NFL is appealing for an indefinite suspension that would be a minimum of one year, as that's what they were previously looking for as well. A source told ESPN's Jake Trotter, the NFL also wants a monetary fine, which Watson was not levied by Robinson, and they want the star quarterback to undergo treatment as well. Reports are LeBron James and the Lakers had a, quote, productive discussion about their future together on Thursday. James met with Lakers vice president of basketball operations and general manager Rob Palenka, as well as new Lakers coach Darvin Ham in the war room at the Lakers practice facility in El Segundo, California. James is entering his contract's final year worth $44.5 million, and he will be 38 years old when his current deal is up. The maximum length of a contract a player age 38 or older can sign is two years, according to the NBA's CBA. Yesterday was the first day that LeBron was eligible to sign a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension with the Lakers. 
LA Dodgers left-hander Clayton Kershaw left his start on Thursday at San Francisco with lower back pain. Kershaw felt discomfort while he was warming up before the bottom of the fifth inning on Thursday. The three-time NL Cy Young winner winced and pointed to the dugout and then walked off the field gingerly with a trainer. Quote, just felt something kind of lock up there in the fifth and couldn't really throw after that, Kershaw said. Dodgers did not add a starting pitcher during the trade deadline, despite being involved in multiple markets for top flight pitchers who were eventually traded to other teams. And on the diamond, the Pittsburgh Pirates walked it off against the Milwaukee Brewers in an embarrassing way for the Brew Crew. Zip, zap, kazoo. What happened, Brew Crew? The Milwaukee Brewers get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Two walk-offs in two days as a pass ball was what got the Pirates the W today over the Milwaukee Brewers, who are winless since trading Josh Hader on Tuesday's trade headline to the San Diego Padres. The Pirates not only ending their seven-game losing streak from last week, but have now won three straight games, and the offense has been a large part of it. The offense came alive yesterday with the Brian Reynolds walk-off. They come alive today, winning an extra five to four in 10 innings. This is the Pirates team I want to see. They don't have to do it pretty, but get some W's, get these guys some experience, especially the young guys. Tucapito Marcano has returned and done a phenomenal job uh, where he's been placed. Brian Reynolds' bat has come alive since his uh, BP session Tuesday afternoon. And the Pirates are just doing good things, man. They're doing good things. They move on to Baltimore tomorrow. So we'll see if they can keep the win streak going going to Camden Yards. My name is Ethan Smith of the Locked On Pirates podcast, and I will see you on the flip side. Here is another story you need to know. The trial for Brittany Griner coming to a close, so to speak, in Russia today. She got a nine-year sentence out of possible 10 years for allegedly, or not allegedly, for smuggling drugs into Russia as they've convicted her at this point. Um, not a huge surprise. We knew this was going to come about. We're checking in with M. Adler from Locked On Women's Basketball today just to talk a little bit about this because... Obviously, we weren't super surprised by this. We knew it was probably, I mean, it's 99 conviction, 99% conviction rate in Russia, so we knew it was going to come to this. And now it kind of opens the door to um, do a prisoner swap, possibly. But um, is this just, I think, for, for people that are following this, this is just the next step in the process. Yeah, this is what's been expected the entire time. TJ Quinn of ESPN, who's been pretty much the voice to follow on this the whole time, has been saying all along, basically, you need to be a prisoner to have a prisoner swap. When it comes to Griner, obviously, the White House has spoken out as saying that she was wrongfully detained. There has been talks about her being swapped um, for uh, Russian arms dealer Victor Bao and whether they could do a swap like that. But as the, at, at this point, we haven't heard anything specifically what this plan is. But are we? is there any sort of timeline on this sort of thing? Unfortunately, that's where it gets tricky. You can, you, you can of course, really disconsider the nine-and-a-half-year sentence It. It, it sort of is what it is as a formality. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, you know, she could be home in a few months if the Biden administration is as strongly active on this as they've tried as they tried to say in recent times. Mm-hmm. But the it could be another couple years, to be frank, at least. The person who the other American in Russia, the former Marine Paul Whelan, who the reported prisoner swap was her and Whelan for for Victor Blut, as you mentioned. He reportedly, last February 2021, 
the Biden administration was close on, or yeah, the Biden administration, the Biden administration was close on a prisoner swap for him that would have got, gotten him out in a couple of months at that point, and here we are a year and a half later. And I think it's also, I always think it's poignant to point out that you know Brittany Griner and many WNBA players play overseas because of the amounts of money that they're able to make overseas because there had long been even now still caps on certain amounts of money they can make in the WNBA. So for those that are kind of like, why is she going to Russia in the first place? I mean, there's a tons of NBA players that are really forced to, if they want to make decent salaries, play overseas. And part of the reason that she wants to be overseas because, you know, for your first several years in the league, especially when she was playing before the newest CBA at least ensured the top level of athletes are paid somewhat reasonably for their um, for their contributions. I mean, before then, she, she was overseas, of course, tr just trying to make like a, a living. Most players, they play more overseas than they do in the United States. They play for significantly higher pay overseas mm -hmm. than they do in the United States. But part of the thing about her was she just loved getting to know other people, getting to know other cultures. She was one of the best friends of everyone on any on any team she's been there were teammates russian teammates of hers who went to court to testify on her behalf who were just pouring their hearts out for her mm -hmm. and the team president was there as well i mean obviously she's been on that at that ummc ecat team for for years now as many other wmba stars have been um to say so she's been a part of their community for many many years and to see this sentence now um, going forward, there have been tons of, you know, WNBA players, you know, NBA players, the president, of course, have spoken out in favor of Brittany Griner and bringing her back home. But noticeably, we haven't heard from her, her college coach, Kim Mulkey, has been noticeably silent about the issue. I saw some, some hubbub on Twitter today about it, but it's kind of telling that we haven't heard anything from her because she likes to talk a lot. <laughs> if you want to make it a little worse, we have heard from the head coach from at Baylor where... Um, where Brittany Griner played for Kim Wilkie. However, the coach at Baylor now was not there when Griner played. Mm -hmm. We haven't heard from Baylor either, but we've heard, and we haven't heard from Wilkie, but we've heard from the coach at Baylor who wasn't there for Griner. Have we heard, I mean, I know we've heard different WNBA players speaking out, but has there been any, um, I know you cover the, the different teams uh, throughout the throughout the year, but has there been any, any talk about players being afraid to go play overseas at, at this point? Oh, there is. In, in talking to players in terms of, you know, where they're considering, there's, there seems to be a lot starker consideration of where they're playing now than there has mm -hmm. been before. Certainly, um, pretty much everyone from who was playing for Ekaterinburg, which I should mention is, you mentioned a lot of stars play there. Yeah. Ekaterinburg is basically as dominant of a basketball dynasty as we've seen sort of anywhere in the world in their respective league um, since maybe like the Lakers in the 70s or 80s. Yeah. This is a team that just brings in MVP after MVP to play together at the same time. So those players, a lot of them have gone to Italy. Some are playing in Turkey, which really presents its own problems when you look at where the political situation there might be heading or sort of has been over the past couple of years. A number of players, or a lot of good players, have been playing in Hungary the past couple of years with, and with Viktor Orban there um, as their, you know, sort of autocrat there as well. You, there could very well be strong issues there as well. There are there are problems. Thankfully, players are not really considering Russia at the moment, but it's genuinely possible that we might see some issues pop up, not quite this severely, but it could happen. You can stay up to date on women's basketball by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Women's Basketball podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Coming up, the LA Rams have some concerns about their most important player. Even with a guy like Aaron Donald on your team, the most important player is still going to be your quarterback. Locked on Rams host Travis Rogers covers the Rams on a daily basis, and he is very concerned about the news surrounding Matthew Stafford. Now, here is what Sean McVay has said about it. It's not something that we're concerned about. We just want to be really smart with somebody that is as important as our quarterback is. Okay, um, fine. I believe you, but then if everything is fine, why are we limiting his workload and practice on Monday? Why are we only having him do individual drills? Why are we not just having you know the, the, the governor completely off of this thing and go? I get it. You want to be cautious. You want to make sure that uh, he's ready to play on Buffalo on September 8th because a practice against his teammates on August 1st really isn't as important as, well, quite frankly, anything, right? It, it, he's not a guy that needs to have 10,000 reps to know what's going on. That being said, Reps in this part of the time, this part of the calendar, do mean something. Look, we we saw what happened with the relationship between himself and Cooper Cup. Uh, that they spent a lot of time doing those things. Some of it was talking, and some of it was getting to know each other. And I like it here, and you you know I want you to run the route like this. And they they were able to talk, but they'd go out there and they'd work it, and and they'd go over it over and over and over again. Um, Allen Robinson is a new player here. Van Jefferson has gone down, which means there may be additional opportunities for Ben Skoranek or Tutu Atwell or whoever may be that guy that at least in the short term has an opportunity to slide into that third wide receiver role. And if they can't get on the same page with Matthew Stafford, if they're not working together quite as much as they may like to, maybe that has an impact on the team as you get into the early part of the season. And then, of course, there's the big one. If this is what it worst case scenario right if he if, if you're starting quarterback your you know potential Super Bowl MVP what happens if you have to play with him for an extended period of time without him I should say what if John Wolford has to play not just uh you know he where you know he gets sacked and, and he twists an ankle and he misses the second half of a game or maybe he misses the game the following week or something but what if, what if this elbow really needs to be shut down for a period of time now what you never really know the truth when it comes to injury concerns in the NFL as they play a lot of that stuff close to the vest. But if he's been dealing with this injury for a while and he still took home a ring last year, then it looks like it might be something he'll be able to deal with. And finally, the airline problems affect athletes too, I guess. Jessica Corda was still waiting for her suitcase to arrive in Murfield, Scotland for the Women's Open on Thursday, and it didn't make it there before her round. So borrowed clothes and all, Corda shot a 566 and is in second place after the first round. Quote, if anyone knows anyone at the Zurich airport that would like to put my suitcase on the one flight a day that they have coming into Edinburgh, I deeply appreciate it, Cordes said. Seriously, though, apparently the airline industry is struggling for everybody right now. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast. Make that your second listen. Coming up on Monday, who is impressing at NFL training camps around the league? At least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.